Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for a very sad episode, an episode in which we conclude the greatest month we have ever done, or is it the worst month we've ever done? I don't know. We're about to find out. Today, we complete our first ever plot keywords month, aka Dead Duck Month, and we are getting into the longest movie in the history of movies, well, at least one of the longest movies in the history of movies. I think it is the longest commercially released movie that isn't a 14-hour movie. I don't know if that really counts. That was called Kill Feel, released in 2005 by some idiot director. But this is 1900, released in 1976, starring Robert De Niro's penis, Gerard Depardieu's penis, a bunch of boobs, an old man who's a pedophile who's not me, and other stuff. Dead cats. Kiefer Sutherland's dad. Dead boys. Dead pigs. Italy. And Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland's dad. <laughs> this movie is something and apparently is so important that it was included in the Italian Ministry of Cultural Heritage 100 Italian Films to be Saved in 2008. Oh. And at a runtime of six hours, we're going to try and cap this in 43 minutes. So <laughs> let's see how we go with that. My name is Ben and... I had a rotten day. I came into the city to have some fun and I saw an epileptic. Have you ever seen an epileptic? I'd like to have a bath. And my name is Colin and you got to look that pussycat and say, that's not a pussycat, that's communism. I thought you were about to say something else about pussy and I'm like, Colin, you've grown. <laughs> you've seen some... Galore. You've seen Robert De Niro and Gerard Depardieu be <laughs> jerked off in a movie. So therefore... Um, look, this isn't going to be, I think, our standard recap where we go over everything. It's a six-hour fucking film. We've said we're going to do these in an hour. I literally am going to try and do this in 42 minutes now. Um, I'll say it right now. Maybe more entertaining than I gave it credit for. But having said that, I also didn't sit down and watch this religiously. I may have done a lot of cooking while watching this and went out of my way to find dubbed versions so I didn't have to read for six hours. (laughs) Um, Do I fully get what this is about? Kind of. I read the Wikipedia article, and I'm not going to read the whole thing like I did for Barbarella because it's a long one. Basically, this is kind of like a 70s version of a lot of the films that we've had recently, like uh, Parasite and um, the what was it the the boat one we had earlier this year at the Oscars. I've already oh, the Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, like it, it's a very much a class kind of uh, divide film, which is mm-hmm. all the rage in modern times. And basically, it's a, it's a long tale through fascist Italy, essentially in World War Two, and it doesn't really. It evolves the war, but it doesn't. So it's kind of, I guess it's a, you know, we see sort of a flash forward. We're seeing Donald Sutherland getting stabbed by pitchforks and we go back to little <laughs> boys putting frogs around. The I mean, I'll touch on the highlights. I'll skim through it as best as I can. I'd never heard of this movie until we discovered this was a dead duck movie. It's 
apparently a very influential film. I've read a lot of online about how this is uh, often regarded as one of the, a, a, a very strong cult film. Uh, obviously, Robert De Niro is in this film, so a lot of Robert De Niro aficionados obviously enjoy this film. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to ever watch this movie again. Um, I'm, I don't even know if I'm going to buy it or rent it at the end of this. I'm telling you now, it's another one movie of the month for me right now with a bullet. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It was, it was better than I was expecting it to be. So one of the things which I'm sure you would have skipped over for your trivia because we only got 41 minutes now um, is that th- this movie was cut when it was released in America. Now, mm, the yeah, edited yeah. version that caused all the controversy was four hours long. That was the edited version. Wait, um, so it was edited long. Oh, no, two hours shorter. Right. OK. Yeah. So they, they made it made it, well, I guess, about an hour, 35 minutes shorter or something like that. Um, but uh to me, when I'm watching this movie, I'm like, there, there's no way that you need to lose a lot of these scenes because everything that happens here, it's actually quite entertaining. If you can watch it in shifts, which is what I did. I didn't do one sitting. I was watching no, I did 20 minutes at a time. Two and a half shifts. Yeah, no, I did the same. Yeah, yeah it, it's good broken up. But w- when I was watching this, all I could think about is like, this would work as a miniseries. Yeah, if you had five, six episodes, and then I started to do just a little bit of background look to see that maybe there's a reason that this wasn't pitched as a miniseries as opposed to them just doing a four-hour cut because... I don't think there's a lot of stuff you really should cut in this movie. It's all entertaining. It's all good. But the the big miniseries craze, it was really the year after this where Roots came out and Roots was like enormous. And then after that, it just became that was the new fad. You have miniseries. And it's almost sad that this movie didn't come out like a year or two later, whereas they probably would have said, forget about a four hour theatrical cut. Let's release this as a miniseries. And I think I would like this better if it was just broken up into five or six episodes. Yeah, it's a very good point. And I think that... um. You know, it does feel like a big collection of music because it's like, you know how we talk about some movies that are two and a half, three hours long. And like, you can cut 20 minutes. Like, let's just say it. Last Jedi is a classic example. You can you, you can pinpoint 25 minutes of that film that you can completely remove and it's still the same film. I know you've done a lot of fan edits where you've combined films or removed bits that you think could work. This is a film that, yeah, I don't know if you necessarily feel to cut because it was, it was interesting enough, even though, again, I'm not sitting down religiously watching it, but it's in the background it's it's something that still is engaging enough that there's no point where I'm thinking like, oh, do we really need this? Do we really need this? Like Because it's it's kind of got this great character development between these two characters and just kind of their lives. And obviously I think for a lot of people who are really into this time period or into sort of this part of Europe and all that kind of stuff, like it's very fascinating. And the, the director, the guy who created this, who am I going to butcher his name, Bernardo Bertolucci, like, I mean, he's kind of revered for this, storytelling and everything about kind of what his life sort of through this period. And I mean, I think you need that. You kind of need a lot of background. And I also think it's done in such a subtle way that, you know, Parasite and, and Triangle of Sadness are so obvious, rich are bad, poor are good. Whereas this is done in a way where like, it's not necessarily like uh, this would be a fun, like back when I was studying film in university, this would be a fun film to really study. Because you kind mm-hmm. of look at, you know, Robert De Niro's downfall and like Donald Sutherland's influence on him. And then you've got Gerard Depardieu is just kind of always there in the background. And it's just it's just fascinating. But um, yeah, I, a miniseries would be very interesting, actually. I, had you heard of this film before we did this Never. month? No. And uh, I, I mean, this is very early for Robert De Niro. I mean, I watch a lot of Robert De Niro stuff, but even Bernardo Bertolucci, like I was man. looking through. De Niro or Bertolucci? Uh, Bertolucci too. Both. Depardieu's a very good-looking man. He's not fat in this film. Not not meaning to fat yeah, shame I'm, him. I'm a former fatty, so it, I'm allowed to. So 
it, it's funny that like you get these guys where it's like women are crazy for them and you just don't get it. And Gerard yeah. Depardieu is one of those guys for me. And then I watch this movie. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I think I get it. <laughs> He's hot. <laughs> Young guy. Very attractive. But um, I, I mean, Robert De Niro had done The Godfather 2 just prior to this. And, you know, he'd had a couple of smaller movies, but like Godfather 2, he wins an Oscar for playing young Marlon Brando and never I think he speaks two lines of dialogue in that entire movie that was English uh the the rest he did all in Italian which was kind of weird because I thought that's probably why they cast him in this movie because this is an Italian movie but they have Hollywood actors but then I looked up I'm like Robert De Niro is actually dubbed in this movie it's not him dubbing it either there is an English uh, a, a different actor who does the English dub for or sorry that does the Italian dub for Robert De Niro Robert De Niro's voice is what we hear in the English dub but when you're watching the Italian subtitle version He's speaking, and you can watch, when you watch this movie, you got French actors and everything, like Donald Sutherland is speaking his lines in English, so when you're watching the Italian version, that's dubbed, but then the Italian actors are, it's just odd that a guy who won an Oscar for doing an entire movie, that won Best Picture as well, speaking Italian, doesn't actually speak Italian this, and he's just doing the English when he's dubbed later. Yeah, because I was going to say that is him in the English, because like, basically how, uh, you and I had a bit of back and forth over the last few months trying to find versions of this film. I initially found like the first half English dub, the second half I didn't think had subtitles on it, but it did. I just had to press a couple of buttons. You found two versions of subtitles on it. I watched the first half with English dub, and then because I was like, I'm not going to be able to sit down and watch two and a half hours of this and read. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, like it's just totally a background movie for me. And yeah. so I, I searched long and hard, and I finally, finally found a second half in English, which um, you I sent to you as well. And also to reiterate, because mm-hmm. uh, kind of even reading on IMDb here, obviously I think maybe for a lot of people who have watched this or found it and watching along with us, which let's be honest, there are none of you, but let's pretend we've got listeners, <laughs> um, that obviously there is, as Colin said, like a four-hour version, which I think is the main one that people know, because even on IMDb, it's like, there is an uncut version that goes for five hours that has actual animal killings, explicit sex. And it's like, yeah. well, that's the only version that we could find. So I thought that and, was and just a standard one. I don't know if you did the same thing. Well, you were following the Wikipedia page as well. It's like there are giant sections of this movie that aren't listed on Wikipedia. They're important to the plot, which I'm guessing the Wikipedia page is summing up the four-hour cut, not the five and like a half Like when hour. the granddad dies. That's not even mentioned yeah. <laughs> on here that he was like getting a little girl to rub his doodle. Um, like yeah. we'll touch on some of those, no pun intended. But um, yeah, I think, I mean... It's it is interesting to kind of go back and see some like a Robert because again someone who's never seen the Godfather films uh, I couldn't even tell you the first Robert De Niro film I would have ever seen um, yeah that's another thought process into Ben's empty brain but um, I mean Jared Depardieu was somebody that in the nineties he had like he did a kids film I swear there was some sort of like kids film where he was like a an imaginary friend to someone or like he, oh. Um... No, and this is ringing a bell for me too. Yeah, you know, like it just and like because I didn't know who this guy was, but then he was some. There was some '90s kids film where he had something, and then maybe that kind of then he was in random other things. I'm like, oh, that's that guy from that movie. Um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, like he was just kind of one of those pod- bogus, bogus. Yeah, right. Like was he like Whoopi an, Goldberg? Was he an imaginary friend or something? Uh, yeah, it looks like that's the plot. Whoopi Goldberg, Haley Joel Osment, and Gerard Depardieu. There you go. Whoopi, yeah. That was my <laughs> 90s Whoopi Goldberg. Ah, see? <laughs> the random things in the back of my mind. I'm like, wasn't he an imaginary friend? I've not thought about that movie in years. Let's do Bogus next year. Um, And then, like, Donald Sutherland. Like, Kiefer Sutherland's dad. I mean, <laughs> I looked it up. Kiefer Sutherland would have been 10 years old when this movie was released. So he was alive. Uh, so little Kiefer. visited the set. Little Kiefer was popping around in the background somewhere, but... It's, I mean, this is an interesting Donald Sutherland role. Uh, <laughs> he's scary. And boy, they look alike, don't they? Like young yeah. Donald Sutherland and young Kiefer Sutherland. Like you can definitely see it. Um, 
But for anybody at home, again, we're not going to go over all six hours. I'm really going to skim through this one because I want to get this done in the next 33 minutes. Um, so, again, basically the plot of this film is Italy. Uh, we start off, what, in like 1945. Uh, essentially, this is Liberation Day. So uh, Mussolini's Italy is falling down. All of Europe has been saved by the good guys. If you're in like England and America, if you're in like Germany, Italy and other places, it's not a, they're not the good guys. You're the good guys. I'm not condoning your political choices, but I'm just saying, depending to where you are listening to us in the world, we're listening to the world where we won and you lost. So suck it. Um, Donald Sutherland is like riding a tram, uh, a tram. He's saw a tram. <laughs> I saw the modern cut. <laughs> In comes a flying saucer from Casino Royale. Um, he's getting stabbed. A woman's getting stabbed. A little boy's holding Robert De Niro up by gunpoint. And he's all like, ah, oh, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot you. And then it basically goes back in time. As we see, a uh, little boy is uh, born, and we're going to learn basically these two young boys who are going to be Gerard Depardieu and Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is from a rich family. Gerard Depardieu is from a poor family. They're laying on train tracks, being brave, going to get run over by trains. Um, there's people dancing on tables. There's people eating frogs. There's little boys putting frogs around their necks. Um, again, this is a 1970s movie before... Never Say Never Again happens, so lots of just random animal deaths in this film, <laughs> which, again, doesn't really hold up well. Um, at some point, Donald Sutherland... Oh, no, we're not up to him yet. We're up to Grandpa De Niro is a pedophile. So, basically, Grandpa De Niro is like... I don't know the name of it. like the basically like the matriarch of this, like, big farm. And, obviously, this region, he's kind of like... Is he like a mayor, I guess? Kind of like the the leader of this region, I guess you would say, uh, where the wealthy people live, right? This is in the Emilia Romagno region yeah. of Italy, which I know that because there's a Grand Prix there. But is, is he like the matriarch, like the, the mayor? Like... They, they have a name for it when they have the mm. trial later up. Padrone, yeah. that's Padron. what they call yeah. it. Yeah, I knew there was a name. Yeah. He's like, and a part of my Italian ignorance of the early <laughs> 1900s of what that specifically entails. But uh, if you come to the Oz Network for historical accuracy, then you're in the wrong place, my friend. <laughs> Um, and I do not want any comments about what I'm about to say with this man and this little girl. This has got nothing to do with me. All right. I knew you were watching this. You're like, that's Ben. And it's not. The joke has run too far. Okay. It's run too far. I will not stand for it. So this old man sees a very attractive lady, um, on the, I mean, <laughs> da, 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 no, um, again, why we have no listeners. So this, the, the matriarch, pay, I'm not going to say what you said. The old guy who's the boss. He's like at some dancing thing and he sees like a little girl. She's like 12. She's on the boat and he's all of a sudden going like, oh, come back to my barn. And you're going like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, and then basically he's getting her to milk a cow um, to which he's like staring up a skirt and then he decides to get his doodle out and then gets his little girl to rub his doodle. And then all of a sudden, he's all like, oh, no, I'm a pedophile. Oh, no. So he's like, oh, you go and dance. I'll see you later. You come back to the barn later. Remember, remember to come back to the barn. And he hangs himself because obviously he's ashamed that he got a little girl to touch his doodle. Um, there's a lot of doodles in this film. Um, a lot. And we'll get to one scene in particular, which I think is uh, Colin's second time he ever saw porn. Um, <laughs> but essentially... This is going to set up, I guess, the Robert De Niro character later on taking over his family. And and again, Wikipedia, obviously the four-hour cut must omit this little scene of why the grandpa is dead. Um, and then is this, like, did I interpret this scene correctly? When they're reading out the will, the grandpa's already dead and the dad is kind of like going like, 
oh, yes, and everything gets left to me. And, like, the little boy comes in who's, like, future Robert De Niro and is all like, ah, granddad's dead. Like, he's, like, lying because he's already dead. Is that, like, the ruse yeah. they're trying to do here? Okay. I think so. So, basically, it's it's setting this up. And I, I, I guess this is kind of what sets Robert De Niro up to be a little bit of a, a rebel because he's going to eventually go off and join the army. There's a scene with little Robert De Niro and little Gerard Depardieu getting their doodles out and rubbing it. Um there's like honestly so much child nudity in this film um and it's a bit confronting. <laughs> um, yeah. Literally again if you are not watching the uncut version there are two young boys in this film with their doodles out rubbing them and like you see everything. And I'm like okay did I just download child porn because like this movie <laughs> I downloaded it and it's got two young children in it rubbing their genitals. I'm and put- now that we're, we're covering it on air, we're both going to jail. <laughs> I'm putting my hand out to the FBI, to ASIO, to what's whatever the Canadian one's called, CSIS. Like, I, I, I did, did this for a movie recap. This is a piece of cinema that was released. It's got Robert De Niro in it to arrest Robert De Niro. Uh, Academy Award winning director Bernardo Bertolucci, Academy Award winning Robert De Niro. They're the ones you should go after. Exactly. Okay. Just saying. Um, so we skip forward in... Uh, time here i'm just gonna skip follow the other boy goes on the track world war one's over robert de niro's in the army gerard Depardieu's not they reunite um donald sutherland we meet him i guess he this is him joining the fascist club um so basically he's kind of gonna be the evil guy for this movie i'm really skimming through this to try to remember i mean let's get like i see it and i remember it it's just kind of like is there much to talk about um, really, the, I mean, the plot here is just kind of Italy at this point, the war, Donald Sutherland becoming more enamoured by Mussolini and the fascists. And then we get this threesome scene, which is odd. And I think, is this what this movie's known for? Because all the artwork you kind of see when you go to this, it's kind of this shot of like this woman with Robert De Niro and Gerard Depardieu. And then even like if you go to YouTube and type in this film, it's like Robert De Niro kisses Gerard Depardieu behind the scenes. <laughs> and it's like, okay, is this a thing? Um so there's a pretty explicit, like, sex scene between these three. It's not even a sex scene. Okay, let's, it's, it's a nude scene with a bit of doodle touching. I've said the word yeah. doodle too many times. Um, <laughs> dong, dong. Dong. So basically, it's like kind of like this awkward moment. So this is basically like right now, if Colin and I, it wouldn't be Colin, let's be honest, it'd be Noah and I, <laughs> there was a pretty woman who was like, the only way I'm going to have sex with you is if you both join in. And it's that awkward moment where both of them are like getting dressed naked and all that kind of stuff. And they lay on this bed with this woman and you kind of like see it implied that she's doing things to their dongs to which they then actually move the camera over the top and see this woman grabbing their dongs. Now, Jamie's here. She walked in. Did she enjoy she this scene? She saw this scene. Did you enjoy so I, the, she the didn't watch scene? the movie. She, she didn't watch the movie with me, but uh, I, I was explaining it to her. I'm like, yeah, there's a scene with Robert De Niro's penis and Jared Depardieu's penis. And then she's like, whoa, back up a second there. So, so, so what's this dick movie you're talking about? <laughs> and then as I was watching it earlier, she's like, oh, is that that movie? And then she was putting laundry in. I was like, yeah, do you want to see the scene? And then she's like, hold on, I got to finish the laundry. Then I'll come watch the penises. Uh, so she did see this scene. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm watching it right now. And literally then Robert De Niro touches Gerard Depardieu's penis. Hello, one of the children. Hey, Remy. Hello, we're, Remy. We're, we're talking about a movie you don't want to see, okay? <laughs> yeah, Remy. I don't even want to see it. No, uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued to hear Colin's thoughts on this scene. Um, hey, go upstairs, silly guys. But it's, it's actually kind of okay, funny. Yeah, Casper's coming. We're starting with dongs and all the kids are coming down. This is not right. Dongs and children. This is We've seen them in this movie. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a weird scene, and I can imagine Robert De Niro loved having to touch Gerard Depardieu's penis in 1976. Yeah. In 2023, everyone's down for it. But now, probably not back then. Uh, do you uh, think they're real? The penises? 
Yeah. I think they're real. I mean, you can make prost. You can make prosthetic. I know, but if you even if you make a prosthetic, it's gonna be over top of the real one. So what's the point? If I mean, if you make a prosthetic, I'm sorry, both Robert De Niro and Gerard Depardieu are gonna <laughs> request bigger ones. Like they're not small, <laughs> but they're not big. Like I think Marky Mark in Boogie Nights, right? Yeah. Like I mean, and we just I mean in the movie uh, the miniseries Court, the Matthew Fox one, like there's lots of penises in that movie, and they're quite clearly prosthetics, unless Eric mm. Thompson and uh, the Home and Away guy have very large penises. Um, but like, yeah, like I, I think that they look natural to me. <laughs> the, all the penises they, I've they, seen. Certain, they, they certainly weren't excited though. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you got <laughs> they were struggling. <laughs> you got fifty cameras on you and pointing it out to you. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that easy. But anyway, um, basically, this all comes down to then Robert De Niro feeds this woman alcohol. She has an epileptic fit. Um, <laughs> apparently, giving her alcohol causes her epilepsy. Um. Is this about where he meets this overly bearing what's going to be his future wife who's kind of yeah. very annoying? I'm blind. I'm blind. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see anymore. I'm blind. Like She is very annoying, this woman. Um, they fall in love. I think we also find out about this point that Robert De Niro's dad's died. Um, Gerard Depardieu goes down on a woman. Um, there's a meeting in a, in a thing. There's fire I'm looking here. There's more nudity. Um... There's people with the red scars, which I think is that's a label of fascism, isn't it? And then it ends to, to we. This is part one to know that Donald Sutherland is evil. This is my least favorite part of the movie, and you know where I'm going with this. He gets a cat and he ties it up to a wall, and this poor thing's going meow, 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 and I'm like, oh, poor kitty, poor kitty. And then luckily, off screen, he comes in and headbutts it and kills his poor cat. Well, I'm glad we don't get to see a cat get killed on screen, but I hate that bit with that poor cat struggling and tied up to the wall. Animal cruelty but, in the seventies, but but does it help you understand communism better? That's the point. Well, I thought con- communism was equal. So why isn't the cat then killing a human? Like <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Matt Mussolini wasn't a communist; he was a socialist. Like isn't- yeah, well, there's a, they they're talking a lot about Russia here, and I think what was going on in Russia. At right. this point in the movie, because because uh, yeah, there, there there are a lot of points, but they mentioned Lenin as well. So I think this is a lot about what's going on, what what they could take from the other countries. Because if I'm not mistaken, and again, my history and my politi- political knowledge is very small, but like Donald Sutherland is like socialist or like Nazi, basically Italian Nazi. He's trying to sway Robert De Niro and be all that, and he's kind of being the devil on his shoulder. Whereas Jar Depardieu is communist. He's more like everybody's equal, even though we're like poor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in true form, communism is meant to be the way to go if it works properly, but it never does. So uh, at least that's my grade 12 history coming to my brain right now. But anyway, that's part one, Colin. Um, basically, we've set it up. Donald Sutherland's evil. Robert De Niro is going to be super rich. He's getting his doodles touched and touching others. And Dry Depardieu is going down to women in the in the huh, in the in the shut up, Ben. Just talk, Colin. Places. Got 22 minutes. Uh, uh Quickly going through this. Uh, first, I love this movie. It's called 1900. And the movie starts in 1901 and ends in 1945. The only year it does not include is 1900. I don't know why they insist it's on like calling It's like those five-star reviews. I'm giving this four out of five. It's like you gave it a yeah. five-star review on IMDb. <laughs> Uh, I mean, some of the notes I have here is, I mean, it is, I, I mentioned this twice over the last few weeks, a movie that starts with a child holding a shotgun and trying to kill Robert De Niro and women chasing Donald Sutherland with a pitchfork. There's something there. There is mm. some entertainment in this movie. This movie's having fun yeah. at telling this political message, you know? Uh, and really, there isn't a single boring scene in this movie. I mean, maybe right. when they're skinning the or cleaning the pigs and stuff, that was the one scene where I can cut it. I think that's coming up a little bit later on. But uh, 
Uh, even just the, the kid, yeah, there's some weird stuff in here that the kids are like listening on the, and they're playing, I get it, but they're like listening on the, um, the telephone poles for voices. And then there's a part where he says he's screwing the earth and he's humping the ground. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm humping the earth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, rubbing their faces in dirt. Yeah, there's some weird stuff that they do in this movie that I don't quite understand. Um, so the scene where the old man is doing the thing, I actually wrote in my notes, I don't want to know what's happening on screen. Because I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, if I start putting notes as to what's happening in this movie, the government's definitely spying on our devices and somebody's going to be showing up at my door with handcuffs. Uh, but the other weird thing he does is at first I'm like, oh no, he's going to molest that little girl. And then he starts molesting the horse first. Yeah, He's like getting his bearings on the horse. That's me. And then I'm like, oh no, he but then I'm like, he's not molesting the horse because then I don't know whether he was drinking the milk from the horse like straight out of his hand or if he was washing his face. Wait, it looked the like horse both. or the cow? What are you watching him milk? Cow, cow, sorry, yes. Wait <laughs> <Cow. laughs> like a minute. Are you watching sorry. my private was... collection of milking horses? <laughs> I, I'm caught up on so many of the doodles in this movie. All I'm thinking is horses. Uh, <laughs> very Italian, Italian horse. You can milk yes. a horse now. <laughs> Nay. But anyways, like, he like splashes it on his face and he's drinking it or whatever. It's just bizarre. And then, yeah, he does things to little girls and, well, the and little, then he dies. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> milk does straight. This is why you don't drink milk straight from the cow. Okay. It'll turn you into it's a pedal. It's a pasteurized hominidized. Yeah. Right? You, you need to get some of that skim milk just to be completely pure. Okay. <laughs> don't drink the milk, you pedo. Don't even run the risk of 3%, okay? 2% to skim, that's your ratio of not being a pedophile. That's how we eliminate <laughs> pedos from the planet. Get them stop drinking exactly. milk directly from cows. Give them a carton of milk. <laughs> hey, pedo, you want to touch that kid? Have a carton of milk. You're cured. Pro Prohibition on whole milk and no more pedophiles in the world. <laughs> exactly. You're we welcome. We solved it. <laughs> Middle East, go to uh, Israel and Gaza, give them normal milk. I'm sure they drink yeah. it directly from a cow. I'm sure that's, I don't know anything about the situation, but I'm sure that's the only problem. Is that too far? Have we moved on? Do we need to hear this? Okay. Well, there we go. Dead duck month. Um, so we we also get the guy who cuts his own ear off when, when oh, yeah. I guess Robert De Niro's dad or grandpa or whatever is talking about, no, uh, I'm going to cut all of your pay and they're like, well, but we're working just as hard. It's not our problem that you don't have a good harvest or whatever it is. And the guy just cuts off his ear just to prove a point, which that guy comes up later on when Robert De Niro and Gerard Depardieu meet up again right before the threesome where they're meeting. He's like a court jester in the middle of like the, the place. And there's also a weird thing with people imitating giving birth at the beginning of this movie by giving birth to watermelons and like having like their, their shirt stuffed. Like they're playing a game when somebody was giving birth back in 1901 think, where the movie starts. I mean, the one thing I'll just add on that though, and just on the touch and the kids stuff is I think like, I don't know how your childhood was, but I think it's just, it's, it's a very good summary of childhood. Like we do stupid, like I could name you a yeah. hundred things right now where I'm like, why did I do that? Like you just, you kids. Exactly. Yeah. And as a little kid, if, if somebody's in another room giving birth, you're going to pretend it's like, it's just kids. Yeah. I mean, as adults, we do stupid things, you know, it's called the Oz network. <laughs> yeah, what do you think we're doing here? And then all of you listening, you're doing something stupid just by listening to us. Okay. I, I'm literally so saying we've got 18 minutes to do that. Cause I've actually got to work. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Here I am. Um, I work. If you're uh, listening, yeah. thanks for paying me so, for yeah, doing I already, this podcast. I already talked about the dogs. I'll be able to say that. And then, like the first time I watched this, I'm like, I don't know if I want to look at this right now. And then, as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, so it's like, is this normal? And Jamie's like, well, what do you think it's supposed to look like? I don't know. And she's like, well, what does yours look like? Yours does yours look like that? And I'm like, I don't want to look at my own. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't something I go out of my way. Yeah, let's check right now. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere close to Depardieu and De Niro. Um. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never gone out of my way to look at them. I don't even want to look at my own. So, um, yeah. And then the, the whole thing with the killing the cat, like it's just, oh. it's the craziness of this movie that like he wants to explain communism, 
and he's a sociopath. We don't call him a sociopath. He's a psychopath. He's not a sociopath. This guy's a psychopath. Well, I think because um, I think according to the IMDb trivia that um, Donald Sutherland was like so disturbed by his character that he refused to watch this film. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah, it was, he, he's referred to on IMDb as a sadist, homicidal, fascist. <laughs> All those things go hand in hand. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it, the closest thing I can compare this to is like American Psycho, which I don't know if mm. you said you'd ever seen it. Uh, but, I'd like to uh, revisit it. I did a long time ago. wasn't a fan, but I think it's one of those ones I've grown up now that I'd like to revisit. Yeah, it, it's 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 very similar. Like a character who's just mm. like so incredibly evil and yeah. violent, but like for no apparent reason. Like it, it's almost a satire of that type of character. So I mean, Don Sutherland's great in this movie. It is a little bit distracting to see some of the, the bad dubbing uh, for him <laughs> when I was watching the Italian version. But I mean, you're going to get that when you watch the the English version as well. But uh, I mean, yeah, this 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 first half of the movie is actually quite crazy and a lot going on. A couple of things to touch on because I'm going to literally do this in 17 minutes. You're going to be impressed with my speed. Um, but I think one thing about Donald Sutherland and Kiva Sutherland, like Kiva was well known for all just being evil, right? Like that was him yeah. before 24 kind of turned him into a good guy. But I think what's really good about that and Donald, I think everything I've seen Donald Sutherland, he's generally also evil as well. Like they do such a good job at doing this. Then in real life, they're actually the complete opposite. I mean, I don't know, but mm-hmm. Donald Sutherland was off like, you know, jumping Christmas trees and getting drunk and getting into bar <laughs> fights. But like at least the persona of Kiva Sutherland now is a very calm sort of down to earth guy who obviously had a bit of a wild yeah. youth. Um, but like, you know, like, yeah, I like the fact that I read that Donald Sutherland's like, yeah, I couldn't watch this film. It was disturbing afterwards. <laughs> um, the other bits that I wanted to say, we see Robert De, Nar- De Niro's bum hole. So, um, not only do we see his penis. Well, that won't be the last bum hole in this movie. <laughs> we see a bum hole and that's Robert. De- like, I don't, can't say I've ever seen an Academy Award winner's bum hole before. Um, <laughs> Leia Seydoux hasn't been, hasn't won an Oscar and I've seen her bum hole, but, um, What's blue is the warmest lesbian room, Colin. And we did not mention the reason we are here. <laughs> dead ducks. They go shooting oh, yeah. on the river and there's about 10 dead ducks. But the, the problem is you really see these ducks die. The poor things are like, oh, like it's a bit disturbing. Like, it's a duck massacre. Like I'm a bit of an animal lover. I love my animals and like I just, I, it is a bit disturbing. Like I am more disturbed seeing ducks die and cats die in this film than a little boy getting sprung around the room and his brain's going everywhere. That doesn't bother me. I killed a little kid. I don't give a shit. He was watching those two have sex and masturbating, little perv. And now all of a sudden I'm meant to care for him? No, but not the ducks, not the I cats. Mean, it, in reality, I'm the type of person, like, if we're driving down the road and I see a already dead roadkill, I'm like, oh, like, I, I start to get, like, not choked up, but like, oh, I can't look at that. Like, it's, it's really disturbing. Yeah. But yet in a movie, I'm like, no, 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 bring it on. Like, in this movie, there's a scene later on where there's ducks and I was like, why aren't you killing them? Like we saw what you it, could do to ducks earlier. It's 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 a level of like, but it's it's that realism though. I think it's when you actually see it and you know yeah. what's happening. That's what kind of disturbs me. Like I mean, I'm also one of those people. You know, like the trope of oh, don't kill the dog in a movie. Like Independence yeah. Day, rubber, rubber. Like I'm like, no, <laughs> not the dog. Um, and particularly, if we just cat- one shot of one of those ducks diving towards the camera with a flame exploding behind it, uh, that would have made it. But like cats for me is the one. I'm like that one disturbs me. But um, saying it right now, is this our favorite dead duck scene? Um, yeah, it's it's the most obvious dead duck, but I mean, there's the, the more I think about, there's some, cool. something about the, them using the intestines of a duck to tell the, the future. That yeah. I think the, the entirety of that scene kind of makes it. So quickly, uh, Exodus number one, this number two, uh, Weird Science three, and Barbarella was just mentioning. Barbarella, it. yeah. All right, so basically, the rest of this movie is Robert De Niro and uh, overbearing woman getting married. 
Um, she's like, oh, love me forever, marry me, ah. There's always kind of like this back and forth. So basically, Robert De Niro and Gerard Depardieu keep bumping into each other, and he's getting like, the money's going to his head, the wealth's getting to his head. He's becoming more of a, um, a, a socialist because of Donald Sutherland sort of hanging around a lot. Um, Donald Sutherland's getting weirder. He, he has sex with this woman and drags in a little boy. Now, hang on, before I get there, there's, there's that's not what it means. He's having sex with this woman. He makes this little boy watch them have sex. He's obviously, like, masturbating while watching them. He then is ashamed that he's done it, to which then Donald Sutherland goes so crazy, he picks him up and spins him around until his head basically explodes. Like, he, his head bashes against the wall. Um, so, and then basically the whole point... And that's still not the weirdest thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> and then basically that's all All is implied is like, oh, like, who killed the boy? And he blames, like, Gerard Depardieu who gets bashed up and some other random guy's like, hey, I killed him, he gets bashed up. No, I was joking. <laughs> Okay. Um, there's a very attractive white horse given to the weird woman as a wedding present. Um, she ends up uh, getting becoming an alcoholic. I, is Robert De Niro really that bad in this movie for this woman to just turn no. into an alcoholic? I don't get it. Um, no. Like, Robert De Niro is kind of just but influenced by he, he, Donald Sutherland, and he doesn't really do anything bad. He's just rich. Yeah, and, and I, I think it does have to do a lot with the confusion over, well, what politics makes sense. And oh, oh, people make a lot of assumptions about De Niro's character in this movie that aren't necessarily true. But also, you kind of miss the point where they're they're snorting cocaine oh, and yeah. the wife is like all into it. Which, by the way, the white horse's name, did you catch that? Cocaine, yeah. The, the horse name is cocaine. It's name's cocaine. I want to ride it. Like, this is just a woman who's really Addictive high on drugs and really drunk. Yeah, and and... She's got bigger problems than De Niro. That's what I think it is. <laughs> she's she's a she's a she's an odd woman. Um, but yeah, so I, I think like I mean, I guess Italy was a very muddled time at that point. You know, I actually I mean, seriously, that Enzo Ferrari book that I just read ahead of the movie this year, like it goes into a lot of the details of that period of Italy because of Ferrari sort of influences that kind of he couldn't escape from like Mussolini in Italy at that time. Like Enzo Ferrari was not a fascist. He was not into Mussolini, but he kind of just you did as you were told. It was like mm-hmm. Well, fuck, if I want to get something done, I kind of have to get on board with these people. So it's kind of, you know, you see this. Um, basically, there's winter. She's getting drunker. There's a woman who's, like, killed and her guts are all over the fence. And we find out that that's uh, Donald Sutherland has done that later on as well. Um, Donald Sutherland basically ends up getting more evil and kills people in a rainstorm. Uh, Gerard Depardieu gets Donald Sutherland and feeds him horse shit. That's cool. Um, there's a pig that gets killed. There's more of an uprising. Italy is basically being liberated. Then we cut back to the beginning of the movie where we see what we saw. Uh, Robert uh, De Niro is being held in a pig farm. They're all kind of like, basically, it's all like the uprising, like all the, the communists, essentially. All the Gerard Depa Jews have taken over the fascists. So people like Robert De Niro are now evil, and he really hasn't done anything wrong. He's just rich. Um, Donald Sutherland admits that he killed the boy and everyone and he gets murdered. Uh, Robert De Niro is about to be executed, but Gerard Depardieu saves him. And then they basically have a conversation reminiscing on their good old days as a kid to which Robert De Niro commits suicide. But before we see him getting run over by a train, it cuts back to the little boy on the train tracks, which is kind of a nice little moment. Um, again, I have missed so much. This is a six hour movie, but the, the, the gist of it is that, the good guys, the poor people will win in the end, like all of these movies are, right? Um, but I mean, like, yeah. there's, there's, it's, again, as you said, there's nothing that really takes you away from, all oh, this is boring. I kind of like it. Even as a background film, it's just kind of like, okay, I get it. Um, and yeah. 
yeah, even talking about it now is kind of maybe and flicking through it. It's like, yeah, okay, that maybe maybe I'm going to rent this film. Like it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Uh, I, I I have a couple things that one one just I want to quickly touch on is uh, the acting in this movie. There's a oh. lot of overacting, but yeah. that's the style. Yeah, like it, it, Bernardo Bertolucci, he he would go on to win an Oscar for a movie called The Last Emperor, which my mom was a huge fan of. I only saw it once, but it was the polar opposite of this. So for me, this is kind of weird. And the movie he did prior to this, The Last Tango in Paris, was like one of the first erotic films that was the ever butter, mainstream. The butter, was that the butter in the bumhole, the famous one? Uh, I mean, it was Marlon Brando. That's all I know. I, I, it got nominated for Best Picture and everything. I think it's it's it, sort of in a modern era. Like, I think it's got an infamous scene where he tries to have anal sex with a woman and oh. sticks a stick of butter in a bum, and apparently it was done for <laughs> real, and there was no consent by the director. So, yeah, it's controversial. Oh. Yeah. But, but this is this is a weird movie, and the, the style of acting suits it. Like, so so many times in this movie, like uh, one of the scenes where Donald Sutherland is um, – when, when he's doing the whole right before he kills a bunch of people you got these women who are like filthy filthy fascist pig like it's so over the top i'm like her head's about to spin around like it's the exorcist or something <laughs> but like it suits this movie and it's very much like i'm glad you actually mentioned because i hadn't thought about triangle of sadness even the style of that movie is very similar to this like the the, the scene where everybody's throwing up on the boat it's like it, it's not funny like we want you to laugh it's just like wow this is crazy um, yeah, I mean, the, the more I'm talking about this, more I'm kind of enjoying this movie. Not not as a five-hour sitting, but maybe if this were um, the, like a, a miniseries. Uh, okay, so the scene where he's throwing the manure, uh, did you catch that he's actually rubbing the horse's bum hole? There's our other bum hole in the movie. And that the, the, the manure is coming out as he's doing it. Like, this... It, this must have been a very elaborate prop if this was done as special it's effects. It's probably real. It's 1976. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, there's definitely no animal uh, standards of, with animal cruelty standards <laughs> at this point in Italy. But of all the things we saw in Barbarella, I didn't think that I would get in a movie like 1900 somebody rubbing a horse's bum hole to yeah. get it to dump all over them. Like, and it's it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> maybe the weirdest thing we've seen all month. I might even say that. Uh yeah, they're, they're in that scene where he's slaughtering all the people in the water. Uh, if you notice, there's what I think are ducks swimming in the background. And this is the scene where I'm like, there's more ducks there. Like, why are the ducks left? <laughs> if, if we had had a double duck killing scene, <laughs> then this would definitely win the number one for the month. Um, then, then once the war ends, uh, you had some of this hilarious acting and even the staging. These women who are on top of the hay bales yeah. and they're like looking off in the distance like, look, those fascists are running away and they're taking off their uniforms and their guns. Uh, and they're obviously exaggerating because you look, there's like nothing there. or They're just kind of having fun with it. Uh, it's like a man on a white horse. Uh, this is where we caught up to the whole pitchfork chase and all that. Oh, uh, and I'm the saying the Bob Hall scene. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> it, it, oh, it is the oh. single worst thing this month. Nothing in Barbarella touches Oops. that. <laughs> Timestamp. What timestamp is this? So we could just tell people find it for this one scene. No, no. <laughs> uh, there is something worse that. Well, I don't know. I think the molesting scene's a little bit worse than that. But. I think little girl grabs the old man's doodle, which looked pretty real to me as well. Like, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I read up that that was apparently like the, the girl was still disturbed by it, but uh, well, that was at least effects. To me, the fact that this is like this is real. Like, I hope this guy got paid like some hazard pay or something. Um, yeah, so the whole trial of De Niro, that's like the last half hour of the movie, which again, kind of similar to like Triangle of Sadness, where you just have this long final sequence where everything kind of gets explained. It's actually quite clever. Uh, and uh, the, the, the other hilarious thing is when you have those people coming in saying, it's like, we heard this is a place where the people who work can own land. And it's like, come on in, you blockheads. This woman leads all these people in. 
she calls them all blockheads. But then you have the guy. This is probably the funniest line in the movie. Uh, he goes, "Who are you? We don't know you yet. You say words we've always wanted to hear." <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> so over the top is great. Uh, and I do wonder, like, does Robert De Niro die under that train, or is this just? Uh, like, I think it's it implied. I, I think, like, I, it, I, I, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, he's not going to survive it as a grown man. Are we but, laying uh, on the level like, like the old Western style kind of things? Like, yeah. I'm going to tie you to the tracks. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun stuff in this movie. This is the opposite of a lot of movies we cover. I actually like this movie more now that we talked about it. Yeah, same here. And I think like I was about to come into this saying this might be the worst month we've ever done. I'll still watch Stand By. I mean, I know we did like actual bad yeah. movie month that we all binned it, but like I can maybe see an excuse to watch one of those rubbish films like The Meg or like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, sure. I can watch it for shits and gigs. I'm drunk. Whereas I can honestly say I'm never going to watch any of these four films again. I'll forget. I'm going to look at my movie list in like two years. I'm going to go, why the fuck do I have a movie called 1900 in here? Which I did the other day when I was sorting out my films. And I'm like, why do I have this movie? Um, but yeah, anyway, so just quickly, Reception. This won an award at the uh, National Society of Film Critics Award for Best Cinematography. Uh, second place, I should say. It won the 1977 Bodil Award for Best Non-American Film. Uh, as we said, a shorter version was released in American theaters. It's still at four hours, though. Uh, 55% of Rotten Tomatoes. So this film, again, from what I read and what I see, it's pretty cult following. I mean, Robert De Niro is a revered actor. Everybody loves him. So a lot of these people that people obviously want to go into his filmography and go through. And, and Gerard Depardieu, let, let's not, you know, jokes aside, this guy is, you know, the, the greatest Frenchman to ever be a Frenchman, I think. Yeah. Like Napoleon coming out in a couple of months. Like that should just be called Depardieu. Like, I mean... This guy, like, deflected defected to Russia, I think, or something, because, like, the French government wouldn't do something with him. So he basically defected. And, like, this was, like, a national crisis for France. Read so up on it. It's very interesting. Him and his doodle won't be at the opening ceremonies of the Olympics next year? I think he's the torch. I think he's one of the barges going down the Seine. I think, <laughs> the like, doodle's the torch. Yeah. <laughs> like Gerard Depardieu. Um, <laughs> plot keywords. Actually, no, let's just... I got one. I, I, I'm here now. Um... Boy frontal nudity. Um, no, I found uh, sex and hay. Okay, what what do we got? Well, aside from nineteen hundred, which is number one, we got Zombie Lake, The Pig Keeper's Daughter, Sex with a Smile, <laughs> and a Bollywood film called Race. Sex with a Smile, I'm down for. Um, Boy frontal nudity has the Blue Lagoon. Ah, oh. oh, I floated on the set of Blue Lagoon. A <laughs> 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 uh, species Grand Jet and the Simpsons movie. True, you see Bart Simpson's doodle. <laughs> um, Menage a Trois month. Death of Grandfather, male re-nudity month. Here we go. Uh, what bums can we see? Uh, Friday the 13th, X, Strays, and Naked Attraction. Look, I honestly think we we won last week's keyword. There's a lot yeah. here. But uh, I, I'm calling it now. We are doing next year Bolt Upright After Nightmare Month. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? A hundred percent. And not just because yeah. of Scott Pilgrim, but like, I mean, that's 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 epic. All right. Yeah. So I'm standing we by. We had four that. good movies and it is a hilarious plot keyword. There's breast fondling month. Hang on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> featuring the Pope's Exorcist, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Parasite, and The Handmaiden. Eh, anyway. Um, user reviews. I guess, would we go for one star reviews for this? Because this was a pretty well received film. Yeah, let's just pick one stars. Uh, huge disappointment. A disastrous mismatch. Pretentious. Backfiring propaganda. The worst film ever made. We would have cured cancer if this film didn't exist. (laughs) I can't not read this one. Thanks, Sergevitz. Appalling butcholic melodrama at over five hours long. You expect some interesting characters. No. Some historical insight. No. 
One good scene that stood out like a palm in the desert. No! This film begins with, okay, I'm not reading all this. You had a guy rubbing a horse's butthole. Like, I mean. You peeked at the the, the title of the, the review. Uh, I'm going to rent it. I'm surprising myself. Yeah. I was going to come into this and give it a high bin, but I'm actually after talking, even though we've literally rushed over a six-hour film in 45 minutes, funnily enough, I'm giving this a very low rent, but it was weirdly more enjoyable than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, I, I think that uh, this this is slightly more of a rent than Exodus last week because I think Exodus is a sloppily put together movie. This is just the wrong format for this movie. Otherwise, this movie works as if it's a mini series, a TV series, or anything. So I'm going to rent it. It's my number two of the month. Weird Science is my number one. This will be my number two. Then Exodus, and then Barbarella dead last. It's my number one because everything else I binned. I'd probably put <laughs> Exodus at two, uh, Weird Science at three, and Barbarella four. So um, yeah. not a great month in turn. It's gone by quickly, though. Let's give it that. Not just go done it now. <laughs> Next month, Colin. Next month. You think we've done da, this quickly? Da, 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 da. Um, be prepared probably for three films. It'll probably take us five hours each to do them. Uh, we are doing <laughs> the Back to the Future. Trilogy. Now, this is no reason. It's not an anniversary or anything along those lines. We basically decided that... Maybe once a year we might just do a, a franchise or films that we collectively love and we've talked about. So this year we tossed up between Rush Hour franchise and the Back to the Future franchise. We thought collectively Back to the Future has to be done, so we're doing it. Next year we might do Rush Hour. But, um, yeah, look, I don't want to – we're going to have a very long intro next week. So we, I'm very excited, Colin. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm disappointed because they're doing this uh, – basically at the time recording this, this weekend, October 21st, whatever the, the future date – uh, screenings of it, and of course we've got none here because this is one the only one of the series I never saw in theaters. We 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 had it. Uh, there was one of the the same theater I'm going to go see the room with Greg Sestro next month. They're doing it, uh, but they're only showing the first one. And um, mm. I like, I mean, I've seen the first one in cinemas when I was in Canada. It was one of the ones I did during COVID. And I mean, I'm not opposed to seeing the first one again on the screen, but I wish they were doing a marathon and then I could have seen all three of them. But anyway, that's next week. We've got 24 happening still. Amazing race. Uh, that Mel Gibson show, is that finished yet or is that is that uh, still going? Or It's over. Okay, cool. Good for him. Glad Mel Gibson won. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do all the things and everything else that you do. Uh, my name is Ben and I've got a train in my pants longer than that. My name is Colin and always remember, avoid whole milk. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon 
That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs) 